Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing Brother Oak. Hi, I'm Scott. I will be playing Brother Thaddeus Austin. And I'm Zach, your GM for this series, and this is Seasides, a series powered by the Chimera cast. Today we're playing Dogs in the Vineyard by Vincent Baker. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChimeraCast. All right. A brief overview. Dogs in the Vineyard is a game based in Fantasy Utah, where the players play God's Watchdogs. Put simply, they are gun-toting paladins that act on behalf of God to keep order and faith in the branches of the Mormon faith. While we will be without the signature tavern scenes that accompany westerns, you can bet on many other western tropes to be alive and well. First, we're going to start with a little character creation and background, traits, stats, and relationships. Then we will move into initiation conflicts, and then onto a town that needs the dog's attention. So, it should be noted that we performed a little sacrilege in getting together and doing a bit of prep for the first cast off-air. So we must apologize profusely to Mr. Baker for this, the first of our many sins. Nathan, could you start us off with what you're bringing to the table and who you're bringing to the table? Okay, as said up top, I'm playing Brother Oak, whose name is actually John Blake, but he's a big boy, so they call him Oak. Um, the background I chose is strong community, so I have a 13d6 pool for my stats, which I divvied up into two acuity, four heart, four body, and three will. So I'm, I'm really good at fighting, and I'm okay at talking. I'm not too good at shooting. My traits, I have 2d6... I'm missing three fingers because of a gun. Don't care for him much. One time back home, I dropped a wild mare with one punch. Astounding. Astounding. I'm going to say that word for word at least twice on this podcast. <laughs> 1d6. School mom tied my left arm to keep me from using it. Didn't work out so well. 1d8. Mama always said I'd grow up to herd sheep. Guess I am in my way. And 1d8. My hands shake, my voice don't. The only relationship I've I've taken uh at the outset here is 1d8 with the dogs i have i have family in the dogs where i have my and a few of my family mates my sister and yeah shit my two sisters each went into the dogs along with me great and then for belongings i have pause old gun repaired and still hungry after eating my hand which is a 1d4 plus a d4 because it's a gun 1d6 pressed bunch of lilies of the valley and then at a d8 i have a coat my coat, which we'll get into after the initiation stuff, I suppose. Great. And I think it's worth noting, just for the audience who maybe hasn't watched or, sorry, watched and or participated in a game of dogs, when we're assigning traits to things, especially, there's kind of a, a hierarchy of them. Uh, a 1d8 means the thing is generally big. So that makes sense for your coat, seeing as you, Brother Oak, are a large boy. Uh, 1d6 means it's normal. Uh, if you assign 2d6 dice to it, it means it's excellent. And then 1d4 means that it's crappy. And 2d8 means that it's big and excellent. Exactly. 
insofar as guns are the only thing that adds a different sized dice to them because they are complicated things when drawn. Therefore, guns, you'll notice his had a 2d4. Um, usually a gun comes along. A general regular gun would be a d6 and a d4. That d4 there is really just to complicate your life because guns are coming out. It's not totally obvious if you haven't played the game how a d4 would complicate things, but the way it really works out is that numerically speaking, you want to try to hit certain thresholds when you're rolling against someone else. You'll see the mechanics later. But the more dice you have to put in, the more complicated things become. And so lower rolled dice, namely a d4, tend to complicate things simply by the nature of you need more of them to accomplish what you want. Cool. Brother Austin? All right. I'll be playing uh, Brother Thaddeus Austin today. Uh, my background will be a uh, complicated community, uh, which means I will have more relationship dice in my pool, less traits, and slightly less stats. Uh, the stats I chose to go with uh, are 46 for acuity, 46 for heart, 3d6 for body, and 46 for will. Uh, I chose the 3d6 in body due to a leg injury, which we will get into later, uh, so I walk with a limp. Uh, the traits I went with are I'm a dog at 1d8, the world is my brand, or the word is my brand at 1d6, since the flood I don't much care for water, 1d8. I'm here to help every way I can at a 1d6. Uh, my relationships I have right now are 1d4 with alcohol. Uh, my dad is a 1d4, and my mom will also be a 1d4 for complicated relationships. All right, fantastic. I, I love the characters that you guys have drawn up. And again, I'm sorry, uh, the true-to-life process of this would hopefully be a little bit more loose, fun, back and forth. But in order to kind of make this a palatable experience and not a, bu a bunch of hemming and hawing, we just we just did that off air. No, know that we spent a, a vast amount of minutes talking to each other. The last thing I want you guys to do is to establish a relationship with each other. Normally, we wouldn't do this as quickly. Uh, and I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I might do it after your initiation. Does that sound good? That sounds better to me. Yep. Let's do our initiations. So we're going to transition into the initiation, uh, which is where the dogs, hopefully, over or potentially don't overcome uh, something that they they wish to overcome through their training uh, there'll be a small setup of a scene uh, and then we'll have a quick conflict and uh, we'll see what happens in the fallout of that what I ask of both of my dogs at the table is what do you hope to accomplish during initiation Scott do you have one already I was just, I was just curious. A what uh, uh, a thing you hope to accomplish in initiation uh, I hadn't thought about it. A I lot hadn't. Yet. I hadn't either. And Zach brought it up earlier. This is the one. This is the thing that I always feel a lot of pressure because you want to succinctly state. Because asking a person what they want is generally pretty hard, and asking a person what their imaginary character wants is a little bit harder. I will say uh, to to our listeners, while our our team of dogs is thinking, it has been a little while since we played dogs. We used to get in a, a game every couple of weeks, but for like three months there, we were playing. A lot of this game. Man. I really, really like this game. This is one of my favorites. Me as well. But yeah, we, we've got a little bit of rust that kind of built up over the time of starting to try and record more frequently our Dungeon World podcast. So let's think about this and hopefully I can bring a little something into it. When we're thinking about what you want to overcome, we want to look at your histories that you guys have presented and think about some, uh, maybe a failure or an insecurity you have. 
as far as Brother Austin goes, Brother Austin, you've talked about your sister to us, and I should say this on, on air now. You've talked about the fact that your sister died in a flood. That is correct. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Um, well, it was a fine day to be uh, out and about, and um, she and I had just finished at uh, my family owned the general store in town, uh, so generally we were employed there uh, to just generally run things when our parents weren't around. They were just getting to the point where they trusted us more. Uh, we had finished work for the day and thought we would go swim to cool off. Uh, we didn't realize that further up river there had been a flash flood and it was coming down. So she had gotten into the water and I had yet to get in there. And when the water surged, uh, it washed her away. Uh, my character jo dove in and we tried our best to save her. Uh, my leg got shattered on a rock, uh, but I was never able to see her again after that. Her body was never recovered. That's fantastic and sad. But but something to maybe think about is that who have you actually helped? Have you helped anyone? Is that what you're, you know, what what is one of the things maybe while you're thinking like that I can actually help people is an idea that I had unfolding from that history yeah. and especially from your traits and stuff like that. It seems like you do want to actually affect people's lives for the better. Did you have any ideas, Brother Oak? How is the question specifically phrased? I don't recall. Is what do you hope to accomplish during initiation? I believe I would like to learn uh, the word of the book more uh, in order to uh, affect people's lives and be able to uh, conflict resolute without drawing my weapons. In uh, short, you would like to be able to preach the word more effectively? Correct. Great. Just learn how to connect with my fellow man in a level that they will they will listen to me, uh, especially when under the heat of say an argument or everyone has guns at each other's heads, and I'm going to walk in between them and hopefully calm everyone down and not get shot in the face. Fantastic! I like it a lot. For the record, what's weird about this game is you can get shot in the face and not die. <laughs> Very true. Lay on hands. Do you want to do you want to handle Scott's thing, or you want to know what I want to? I I want to know what you want to you want to do as well. Do you need time? If not, I can handle Scott's. Well, thing. I was just it was again we're in that thing where it's like what it so well, the question the way I like to approach is like I'm going to the dogs. What do I want to do is like well I want to beat somebody in a fight. That sounds great. So brother Oak, you want to best somebody in a fight. Brother Austin, you want to utilize the word to help people with their problems to quell all right i can I, to better use the word and to beat someone in a fight fantastic we're gonna get along great i like you fine <laughs> so brother eli is the elder dog who generally works with the pups to make sure that they get trained up properly he does a little bit more of the field work as it were and Brother Eli came to you, Brother Austin, early one morning at four and woke you from your sleep. We had to go a little bit outside of town in Brattle Falls because there was a small dispute. A couple of landowners saying that their fences uh, should be a couple feet to the right. They were trespassing on their territory and their animals were grazing on their grass through the holes in the fence. And he wanted to bring you along as a kind of opportunity for you to to act judiciously as a as a dog all right 
as you guys make your way out town outside of town you're met with a, a wonderful morning dew it's still it's still in the earlier parts of spring uh, so the mornings can be chilly and cold uh, before the before the midday hits and warms everything up you can still see your breath a little bit well brother Austin we're going to be dealing with a couple of hot heads nothing I ain't dealt with before Indeed, I just want you to know that they may get spouting off at the mouth relatively quickly. We, all good people of the faith, sometimes lose their tempers. And these two seem to really grate on each other. Sometimes when people have been dealing with each other for many years, uh, different perspectives can very much color each other's uh, outlook on life. Hopefully our perspectives will be able to Calm them both down. Do you know what the problem is, Brother Eli? Well, as far as I understand it, one of them thinks that the fence is measured wrong. That it is supposed to be about 15 paces into the other's yard. Meanwhile, the other contests that he's lit, that his animals are grazing on his grass. It's just a whole frustrating scenario. I don't quite know how to wrap my head around it, but... Hopefully we can find something to settle these two gentlemen's uh, disagreement. Do we know who measured the fence line? And he, he pulls out a, a small like map drawing of the, the outside of the range. Here's the ones we've got on record at the church. And, um, does it list uh, a person who drew it up, um, like the surveyor? I assume it was one of the dogs. I don't think any... He, Turns the map upside down. I don't think it has any kind of a signature. I don't know why. Just making sure it wasn't a family member of maybe one party decided they needed 15 extra paces. <laughs> that wouldn't be a, be a great thing at all, but yeah, this, this seems like it must have been done by the church. Terrific. Well, hopefully it's not too much trouble. And as you guys are walking, you start to hear yelling. <laughs> and as you as you approach the sun coming up, in your sight, you see two men screaming over the sides of the fence at each other. My cattle can eat damn where anywhere they want to please, Esau. It's my it's my land. That ain't your land right here. This is not your land. This is my land. Fifteen feet stolen from me. My your legs is too long, Esau. This is my land. I don't want to hear any more about my legs. Good morning, brothers. Good morning. How will we find you all today? Well, I must say, I am rather frazzled. How are you, brother? I'm Brother Austin, and this is uh, Brother Eli. Eli nods uh, very seriously to the two men. How are you today, gentlemen? I must say, I'm having a very difficult day. This man is allowing his herd to feed on my grass. That is not for him. Who is the grass for? The grass is for my cattle. I was just gonna do the the opening little scene there. I wasn't gonna talk anymore unless you want me to. I know. I'll 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 go like that, and then I'll I'll go like this. Who who owns the fence? Well, I own the fence. It's mine. My 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 grandpappy made it many years ago. Have you thought about fixing the holes so your cattle will not graze on the other side of the fence? It's hard to work out here sometimes. There's a lot of upkeep, a lot of other things we gotta be doing. Uh, the fence is definitely a top priority for me. But 
I haven't quite gotten around to it. But this this imbecile over here, he has no rights. This 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 land should be shared amongst people. What proof do you have that the fence should be fifteen paces further? It was it was an agreement amongst our grandfathers. A verbal agreement? I I'm not sure. Quite and you see him getting flustered? Let's enter that conflict right here. Okay. Let's enter that conflict right here. So I'm going to be rolling uh, 46 and 4010. That is what I always roll for an initiation conflict. You're just you're just Wait, talking. So QED hurt? Uh, yes, if I'm thinking correctly. Does that make... Yes, you're just talking. Yep. I have all but enough D6. I think maybe I've got a pretty decent roll. Looks like you do as well. We'll be going toe to toe. Are you opening or? I I think I think actually. Can uh, I start the conflict with the. I don't remember. I don't remember. It's how highest we... roll unless someone kind of clearly initiates. Okay, because that, that has been that has been discussion we've had before where I would I would punch a little too hard sometimes with the with the initiation when I was playing. Yep. Well, th- I don't think there are papers. I'm not sure about papers. But I think that's why you're here, aren't you? The Lord of Life has brought you here to tell this man that he needs to move this fence, that I shouldn't rebuild it until he makes a new one. And I'm gonna start I'm gonna start off with an eleven. Do I have to meet You have to you have, have to meet it? I have to and, tie and raise. Yep. Okay. Does excess go toward your raise? Uh no it does not. Okay. It doesn't explicitly say that in the book, but I had thought about this for a long time and I think that um, if you're using like three to meet and you have to get over, I think it would be punitive in the sense of like you wouldn't get that added on. I think it would be like no, you had to use all of those to meet, even if it's over, you don't get any bonus points from it. Okay, that's how I'm. That's how I'm philosophically doing it. Yeah. So the man I'm talking to believes that the fence should be 15 feet over and is angry that his cattle, that the other guy's cows are eating his. Grass. No, my cows are eating that, and I think I should be fifteen feet over. The other guy's mad because my. The so you, you, the guy I'm talking to wants everything, and the other guy is just sort of arguing, right? The other guy, the other guy does not want him to take the fence over. He yeah, he wants he wants to him to fix the fence and fix yeah. the. Okay. And not I'm have, just making sure I have the yeah, two yeah, people the like, argument right. as as the right guy before I start going into like the wrong argument. No, don't worry, <laughs> I might have slipped for a second too. But that's what that's what we're going for is that yeah, the the lower voiced gentleman wants the 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 fence moved over 15 feet. Otherwise, he's just gonna let his cows graze on the other man's grass. The other man wants him to fix the fence and stop having his cows graze yeah, on his grass. I get you now. Uh, sir, without any proof that uh, the fence should be 15 feet over, uh, I would be happy to help you fix the fence, and I will see you within 11. If I were to spend all day, me and Brother Eli will fix this fence without your assistance if you will stop this baseless accusation that it needs to be 15 paces over. And you raised with? With a nine. Oh, that's funny. A baseless accusation, you say. So what I did was I just met with one dice, which means I'm reversing the blow, uh, and I get to add that nine into my next, my with, next draw. With my dice uh, arrangement, there was no way for me to avoid this. Yeah. Or I would have. I mean, yeah, you're 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 not you're not exactly well equipped for this. I like this scene a lot no. so far. Yeah, absolutely. I just was explaining why. Like, I knew that nine was going to turn on me, but 
that was the best I could do. Baseless accusations, you say? Well, let me tell you something, sir. This fence is moving if I have to die to get it those 15 feet over for my children. I am tired of no one coming and helping me. You help me fix the fence and nothing at all? I'm trying to move this fence over. Maybe the Lord of Life chose the wrong pup to come out here and try and solve this issue. I, I'm just going to raise it up to 10. Uh, I'm going to bring in I'm a dog for 1d8. That sounds uh, great. And I also would like to bring in I'm here to help every way I can. Also at a 1d6. Another question real quick before you continue on. Aren't you supposed to put two dice forward? I reverse the blow, so I keep one die, and I get to use it again, and then I just added one extra so you, die. So you use the die again. You yep. don't. Okay. So yeah, you're at a. You got to meet a ten. Yeah. Oh. All right. I will see your ten with three dice. Ooh. And I will raise you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good. Uh, we'll do a five. What do you? Um, so you're taking the blow. So you're taking that. Tell, describe to me how you're taking that blow. What's what's his what's stinging about his words? I don't feel like this man was going to listen to any type of younger person addressing him and or being authoritative to him. His his demeanor uh, already has been shutting me down. I don't think he would listen to anyone. He wants his fence over 15 feet. So in that sense, I know that the argument is probably going to escalate to violence, and I would like to avoid violence at all costs. So I'm going to just sort of, not necessarily fold, but I'm not making the best argument at this point because I already kind of recognize that he's he's just not someone that's going to reason with someone that's younger than him like me. If I was an older dog and commanded more gravitas, yeah, uh, I think uh, he would probably listen to me. Or if a brother Eli, if if brother Eli said the same thing I did, I bet you he would get a much different result. Exactly. And then how are you raising the five? Sir, what good would you be to your children if you died? Just giving them 15 paces of offense is no replacement for a father. There's no one to raise the cows. There's no one to bring income home. There's no one to show your daughter right from wrong. Kind of reverse the blow again. What kind of a father would I be if I did not stand for my convictions? The Lord of life. I will have you know, blessed me with the ability to discern right from wrong. And I know what's wrong here, boy. And it's what this man, and he points to the, the other skinny jawjacker, has done to my family. Now, if you're not going to help me, oh, it's going to come to blows, young man. And he actually turns towards the, the other, the other jawjacker and kind of like shakes his fist. He's going to escalate that to with the reversal, so adding the five in from before, he's going to make it an eight with three more. Now, I remind you, at any time you can give I know. if you don't want to escalate. He hasn't escalated yet, right? He has not. Yeah, I think I'll give here. At that moment, as you as you kind of, I'm, I'm, I assume you kind of falter at that, kind of like yeah. his wealth of experience, Brother Eli steps forward, tips his cowboy cap. Now, gentlemen... I don't see why we can't split this difference right here. Fifteen feet, huh? A little bit to be quibbling over. So the Lord of Life has blessed me with an idea. We'll split the difference. 
seven and a half each way, but we repair the fence. And you, and he points to the skinny one who didn't act, didn't actually talk during the scenario, you're going to help this man build this new fence together and seal it in a union of brotherhood and fellowship. Get your whole family to work on it. Do you hear me? And the, the two men, at hearing the authoritative voice of a, of a grown dog, kind of just like, step in line, and they're just like, yes, sir, yes, sir. I imagine, and you didn't say this the whole time, but for some reason I imagine a hand on a, on the hilt of a gun this whole time while he's just, he's walking, he's pulled his gun Casual, back. Yeah, very casually, yeah. And the, they, they kind of like nod assent and disperse. Ugh. You did all right. Are you sure making the two men work together was the best idea, Brother Eli? The one man threatened to kill him over seven and a half feet. It's hard work trying to keep these people in line, but I tend to think when you get outside of the ego of two men, you make both their families work together to build something nice that you might actually get somewhere. I know it's it's hard, but egos can be squashed when there's not just two people trying to bun, you know punch each other or something like that. And I know that both those men, I've known each of them for a little while, I know they both have big old families. Who knows, maybe we'll get a marriage out of this or something. I pray you're right, brother. It's going to be okay. You'll figure it out. It's not easy to deal with people. They're going to be fraught with all their little perspectives. Thank you for the advice, brother. Of course. Seen there. So what's going to happen is you, you did, in fact, fail the initiation, but you're still going to get 1d6 trait. I also should... Do we do fallout dice? We do indeed. I believe. Awesome. Cool. So... um. Let's do the fallout really quickly. It was not physical and not ceremonial. So you're just going to do three D4s. Seven. Ooh. So did your two highest dice sum to seven or less? Choose something from the short-term fallout list and stop. Two high dice would be six. In that case, then, do you roll at least one? Choose something from the experience fallout list and continue. So you get an experience and a short-term ability? Or, yeah. Would something about maybe um, older people not listening to me or giving me respect be something that would be good for a short-term? Yeah, that that sounds that sounds That sort of me. seems to be what sort of I my character took away from that. From the blow, is that, yeah. Is that the older people are less likely to listen to me. The older faith don't respect my position. I like it. And then I get a 1d6 trait. Is that what the experience is? That is, but it's negatively reflected. Hold on. So for experience, you choose one from the experience list. Would you do that? And for oh. the and for the initiation, you get a 1d6. That is the neg- oh. that is the negative of what you hoped to achieve. Okay. Oh, I see. Add one to your stats. Create a new stat at 1d6. I would like to, for my experience, change the D size and a distinct trait to the word is my brand and up that to a D8 because I can see... I Brother Eli showed me that talking is still the way. Um, so I think that will regalvanize that uh, violence isn't the answer. You've doubled down. I like it. And for my negative trait for failing my initiation. Um, what was your... What was your... What was the thing you hoped to achieve? Yeah, that is diffuse a situation using the word. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think the way the way this is supposed to work is I did not diffuse a situation using the word. I think yeah. is I think is yeah. And as, then you can add written. some flavor to it. Yeah, yeah. 
um, maybe something along the lines of as a, I don't always see the light or sometimes my path can falter. I think you're going too much away from the original. Okay. Yeah, keep it keep that keep these ones a little bit closer to it. Maybe words can't always solve your problems. But words did solve that problem. Not my words. Yeah. But my words can't always solve the problems. That's more interesting. That's good. I like that. And why don't you just keep it at my words can't always solve the problem? Like a statement like that. Yep. Like that. Yeah. Because when it pops up, right, it'll be great. So while Brother Austin's writing that down, Brother Oak, what was your hope again? I hope to beat somebody in a fight. Brother Oak, one day you're walking uh, back from study, from scripture. Maybe you're a little frustrated because you mostly just sit there and try and absorb what's going on. Some of it doesn't quite stick. Maybe that's been a phrase that one of the elders has said to you. It just doesn't quite stick with you, does it? Just can't quite get it in there. I don't know exactly what to do. So you're walking in the path, and finally you come upon one of the one of the smaller dogs in the congregation. His name's James. Brother James uh, had a little bit of a troubled background, and he always thinks he's had something to prove to everybody. And when you come upon him, you your mind is somewhere else, probably lost in what you were supposed to be absorbing, things supposed to be sticking. But you finally, your eyes finally meet his, and he's got this look in his eyes. Like he's on a vendetta. You're ugly enough, James, without that stink in your eye. You know, uh, words ain't worth a damn there, you big oaf. A couple of the sisters told me you got a jaw made out of glass. Why don't we stop jacking them and see what's going on there? How you gonna find out what my jaw's made of from way down there, huh, James? Guess I'll have to climb that mountain. See what I see at the top. I imagine at this point a bunch of a bunch of the kids are starting to gather around. Yeah, there's a couple of them, a couple of sisters, and yeah, a nice mix. Oh, look who showed up! A couple people come to watch the big old tree fall down. Yeah, well, you, I'm gonna punch him. <laughs> Great. All right, let's enter some conflict. So you're gonna be rolling uh, body plus will. Great, so uh, you're opening. Yeah, I'm going for a sucker punch. I was, I don't want to admit that he, uh, I ran out of things to say and just punched him in the face, but that's exactly what happened. Uh, so I'm leading with an 11. Nice. He's going to take that blow. I think he wasn't expecting you to fight dirty, and you probably just jack him right across the jaw, send him kind of scuttering back. Uh, he doesn't, like, board up or anything, but he has to, like, get back to his feet and he kind of like scoots away then he's gonna raise you seven as he's getting to his feet just like i thought some 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 big stupid cheat just gonna go punch me before i'm ready i see what you are all right then big stuff let's see what you got and he's gonna square up with you and raise his fist you've got a good foot at least on this guy in height not to mention just mass just general mass Now's your chance to stand down, James, you idiot. Don't you know I knocked a mare down once with just a single punch? Roll my stupid trait. Okay, sounds good. Wow. What, what did you, what was it you, you put forward? I put forward seven. And as I'm squaring up with him, I have my 
I have my lame right hand hanging down by my side and just my one, just my left arm just held up in front of me and I'm going to just, just take a big old haymaker swing at him. Great. What do you hit me with? Yeah, I'll leave with a nine. Oh, I got to meet. So I meet with a nine and I'm, yeah, raising 11. You go for that big haymaker swing. He ducks it. And I think he's just going to try and take a knee to your midsection. He kind of has to jump a little bit to get up in there because you're so tall. Uh, but he ain't he ain't gonna try a fell tree by hitting it in the groin. But he's he's gonna, I think it, he's just gonna raise three because that's all he has left. So it's all up to you. Yeah, I'm gonna raise it with a four and reverse the blow. He jumps up to knee me in the stomach, and I'm I've got a lot of weight on him, and I just I just pick him up, and I'm gonna toss him and just toss him over my head. <sighs> he goes sailing like a sack of potatoes. Well, I think some of the kids in the ring around us catch him. You hear him hollering, just because you're bigger than me doesn't mean I'll beat me out. He gets kind of carried away by the other kids and chittering and chattering. And as the as the crowds disperse, who should saunter up to you but Brother Eli? What are you doing? Showing James to mind how he looks at people. I notice you didn't try to use any diplomacy. What now? You didn't try and use your words to get out of a fight. Why'd I do that when I can hit him? You know the Lord's got warriors and the Lord's got messengers. And you get to be both. You should think about that, Oak. I will, but with all due respect, brother, the Lord done gave me one fist and one voice, and I use the one I got that's stronger. You ain't gonna be able to punch a sick child. Your job's more than just fighting things. You're a dog. Think about that. And he kind of walks off. What the hell did I punch a child for? <laughs> as as Oak just kind of kicks the kicks the dirt around him. As everybody everybody dispersed as soon as Eli showed up. Yep. And so, you know, all of my glory was immediately taken from me. I just picked my books up and walked back to my bunk. Got a little bit of pride there, huh? Oh yeah. Great. So, yeah, you're going to take a D6, and I beat someone up. I'm the class bully. No, I'm just kidding. I thought that's what you were going for. <laughs> no, it was great. No, no, that's totally what I was, I was playing in. I didn't want you to overcome something. I wanted you to complicate something. Since you just gave me something so kind of plain, I wasn't going to give you the big guy, a bigger guy. I wanted a, I wanted a hoss fight. <laughs> you ain't getting that. There ain't no hoss dogs. You're Let's the hoss dog. Wait, wait for town one. Wow. Anyway, yeah, I beat a smaller boy in a fight. That's my D6. <laughs> so these two months of training go on mostly uninterrupted. You all work together, do a couple of missions, do different things, learn scripture, learn how to shoot, learn how to ride, become the best darn dogs the Lord could provide. And then the time comes for you to go out on your first mission. And Brother Eli comes to each of you and wakes you early one morning. And he, he says to each of you, Well, seems like you're both ready. You feel confident going out into the field and doing work for the Lord of life? Absolutely, Brother Eli. Ain't never been no more sure nothing in my life. <sighs> <laughs> Good. Well, I'm giving you guys a pretty easy one to start off with. I don't want you getting broken in too hard. I had a couple dogs not too long ago that basically dropped out right away. I'm sending y'all to a nice, easy town called Willow Bluff. 
Not too much going on there. Very relatively prosperous. Sees dogs a couple times a year. Travel's not hard. Pretty easy. I figured since it's so short, I'm just sending you two out. You both seem ready. Road rugged enough. Shouldn't have too much trouble. You're going to take the mail. You're going to check in with the local steward, Brother Levi. Make sure everything's going well. Come back. Should be an A to B thing. Don't feel like you need to go off the path, find anything else fun. Just do the job. Get it done. Vote of life will appreciate it. You boys got any questions? No, brother. No, sir. Make sure you go down to the stables, get a horse. I just want you guys back in back in the city quick. Well, get out of here. I don't need to be staring at you all day. I got other stuff to do. What? Oak, what? What's got your tongue? I gotta pick which horse I get, or the big one, Oak. You gonna you, you gotta take the big one. You can't take the small one. Thank you, sir. No problem. Oak runs off toward the stable. I will follow, Brother Oak. On my way out, uh, I will try to keep my best. Uh, do my best to keep an eye on Brother Eli for you, or Brother Oak for you, Brother Eli. Thank you, Brother Austin. I worry about him letting his temper go off a little bit quickly. He keeps showing signs of a little bit of. Pride. I don't like it. I'll make sure to stay on his right side. <laughs> he just shakes his head. <laughs> you gonna close the door? <laughs> These miscreants. <laughs> I love how this is. This one's like starting out where you got. I feel like for the first time, and I will probably keep this in. For the first time, I feel like our dogs are actually like eighteen. You know, like in that age <laughs> where they're kind of like uh, annoying people. <laughs> they're like. <laughs> I will tell listeners in the past we've had very austere dogs that could have been 35 and no one would have blinked an eye. But I love these two because they they seem very young and it's great. And you're on a, you know. We have had a lot of older dogs. Yeah, we've also done that a fair bit. We've had a lot of people who went off to college and came back. We had a lot of people who were from the city who moved and were allowed into the dogs. We had a lot of older dogs and they weren't all 18 years old. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, you guys, though, are whelps, you know? like Oh, absolutely. That's 100%. Great. So you guys make your way down to the stable, uh, see the the keeper of the animal, Brother Virgil, who's tending to the horses. Virgil's a little bit older. Boys, a little early in the morning for you. We've been dispatched to Willow Bluff to deliver the mail. No! <laughs> Willow Bluff. Must be your first mission. It is indeed. If I could have my horse Frida, please, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. Oh, Frida, she's lovely. I'll go grab her for you. Eli says I can have the big one. <laughs> that tall drink of water over there, have you ever rode her? I don't believe I've seen anyone ride her. She's a little ornery. I, I rode her plenty. I rode her plenty. She'll be fine. Brother Oak, I don't recall I've ever seen you on a horse. You ever seen a fish swim? I have not. They do it damn well. Are you saying you're a horse, brother? What? I'm, I'm failing to follow your analogy. I'm asking if you've ever seen a fish do the thing that they do like con all the time. He's trying to pretend he's a good horse rider. Thank you. Oh. Wait. <laughs> I am a good rider now, Virgil. Just go get Lily for me, please. He goes and rounds up both your horses, saddles them up, gets a, a little bit of food for the day's travel. It's not far. It's about... Just a two-day ride. All right, you boys, get on your way. Sun's just cresting over the tops of the trees. Thank you for your help, brother. And as you both are 
shakily on top of your horses, he just slaps both their asses and they sputter out of the out of the inn. If that happens, Oak falls straight off the back and lands on his head. <laughs> Shit. Great. Uh, Virgil walks over to you as Lily goes for a few paces and then kind of turns around like a fish. And he extends his hand to you. I don't take it. I just push myself up off the dirt and hop back on Lily. I ain't no fish. But you are a dog. I get going. Cool. So you guys make your way over the over the 2J journey. It is It is now later into the summer say that's where we're going in the so we're we're damn near harvest season crops are at their height and it is hot during the day after a little bit of a more mountainous ride a lot of ups and downs big hills things that would maybe almost be considered mountains to smaller men you crest one of these giant rocky hills and you see on the other side of this small valley what must be willow bluff a small town that runs alongside a big, mighty river. Will each of you give me a detail that gives you insight into the fact that Willow Bluff is particularly like lush and fruitful and seems vibrant and lively? The church has very ornate stained glass. Everything is very clean. Every All the houses have new paint. Um, so everything's extremely well upkept. I don't think in at least Brother Austin's experience we've ever seen stained glass in a... A community before uh, that's been outside of Bridal Falls so that is something abnormal at least in my experience cool I love it I think there are fruit trees in the the main along the main square particularly but so which is to say not on people's property but along public quote-unquote spaces so like there are they're just all over the place I think pears mostly is what would grow here Probably not. I mean, not peaches. It's not hot enough or not damp enough for peaches, right? Yeah. But like pears, some apples. Apples, yeah. So just like for public consumption. And they're and they're obviously, you know, pruned yeah. and bearing real fruit. Like people take care of the public spaces, I think is what we're getting at yeah. writ large. Well, there's a surplus of time and fruit to like maintain all these trees. That sounds fantastic. I really like that, actually. Yeah. You guys make your way down into town and... As you're you're coming close into the town center, where the church is, um, I imagine the church is the focal point of the town, and it all spreads out from there. You start to hear sweet, sweet music of a singing choir singing an old church hymn, and it grows and it grows and it grows, and finally you get to the center of town, and that sweet music does in fact reach your ears at full blast. And it is wonderful. Um, out in front of this choir, this mixed choir of men and women, you see who must be the steward, just kind of waving his hands, conducting. And as as with like normal conductors, where they're really on beat and they're really precise, he just seems to be just like kind of waving his arms back and forth, and everyone's kind of smiling, and there are kids running around, and everyone just seems in a in a joyous mood. And as you as you guys are riding up and settling down off your horses, they all kind of come together and sustain on one big open note that rings out. And almost, even when they stop singing, it's almost like you can hear it in your head, just resonating for a little while longer. Brother Oak, this should be the easiest mail delivery I believe we've ever done. 
We should make a poster out of you too. <laughs> <laughs> Join us. Look at these happy idiots. No. Um, it's better than being a sad idiot. Marginally. <laughs>